Hi, this is Andrew, and this is Keynote, the daily now.tv chat show with some of the world's leading thinkers and writers. Hello, everybody. It is Thursday, uh, January the 4th, 2024. It's no longer 2023. I made the mistake yesterday in uh, our conversation with Tim O'Reilly, one of technology's most influential thinkers in describing uh, 2024 as 2023. But we're in the new year, although in the new year, the news is still AI. Everything is AI. I talked to Tim yesterday about AI. He believes that companies like OpenAI have an Uber problem in the sense that uh, the market is dominated by these huge companies. And we talked about the verticalization of the market and whether we're going to see new companies, new startups uh, outside these huge multi-billion dollar companies like OpenAI uh, and Google. Um, one man, uh, and, 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 and more and more, there's, there's an interesting piece in The Guardian this morning about companies in different sectors, uh, innovating with AI. One sector that's always been interesting to me because I travel so much is travel itself, the travel industry. And there are a few men who know more about travel and the travel industry than my guest today, Rafat Ali. He's the CEO and founder of Skift, which is an excellent uh, aggregator, vertical platform for travel news and information. They do their own Mega Trends 2024. I'm thrilled that uh, Rafat is joining us uh, from uh, Astoria in New York City. Uh, Rafat, uh, welcome. Uh, Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you too. Thank you, Andrew. A long time, long time listener. Um, your background is in content. Many years ago, you sold a company called Paid Content to the UK's Guardian. So you're a veteran in the digital space. How do you see, before we get to travel, how do you see AI? Um, is there a lot of hype? There is always hype in, in, in our industry. But do yeah. you believe that 2023 and, of course, 2024, are these going to be the years where AI changes everything? Um, certainly the initial promise, it's been a year, a little over a year since uh, ChatGPT launched. Uh, the initial, as, as you know, since you've covered all these tech cycles for decades as much as I have. Um, initial promise comes out, it will change everything. There's a pullback and then the reality of actual changes happen. And so I feel like in AI, we are in that phase only it's more exponential. And so uh, yes, a lot of things will change. I just don't know if all the predictions of the front end consumer experience versus the back-end processes that drive so much of industries and sectors and, and the world, really. I feel like that's where the real effect of AI will be. Um, and some of the, some of the I won't use the word gimmicks, but some of the, some of the flashy things on the front end um, certainly will be there, but I, I just don't know if it will change everything on the front end. So that's kind of how I look at it. Um, that's the lens we're looking at from the travel industry as well. Um, yes, chatbots are certainly the easiest, lowest hanging fruit that everybody's sort of looking at. But tra travel industry is this gargantuan industry, and uh, and will 
get into it and there's so much friction and so um and so much human input in it uh i mean travel is probably the world's one of the world's largest employer of people just because there's so many people that are required to deliver different parts of the of the of the ecosystem so i feel like that's where a lot of the effect will be versus just the front-end chatbot type interfaces tim uh Tim O'Reilly, of course, who invented the term Web 2.0, contrasts the Web 2.0 revolution, where he saw, at least in his view, the emergence of many independent media companies, and, uh, and the AI revolution, where he fears that ChatGPT, uh, OpenAI, and, and one or two of the other multi-billion dollar platforms will control everything. Are you seeing that um, initially in travel? Are you seeing the beginnings of uh, verticalized AI companies in uh, in the travel industry? Or are the platforms, OpenAI in particular, are they trying to grab everything? Uh, I think, uh, I don't think any of the larger platforms, OpenAI, Google Bard, these are consumer platforms, of course, um, have made any dent in the travel industry. I mean, for now, there aren't any breakthroughs breakthrough applications and travel. If you ask me, we cover the travel industry day in, day out. We've, we've done, I don't know, hundreds of stories in the last year on AI travel. We've done research reports. We've done conferences, et cetera. Um, if you were to ask me, Rafa, name one breakthrough startup that has wowed you out of your mind um, in the travel industry around AI. I can't name you one today. Um, most of the experiments that are happening, and 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 these are experiments, um, are on um, chatbot interfaces to to plan either either do um, give you ideas on where you want to travel, or then plan the itinerary for your travel. The part where planning to booking, which is probably the most complex part, at least on the front end part of it, uh, that. There's some, I would say, hacky attempts, if that's the word, uh, on on piecing those things together. Um, Expedia has done a decent job, Booking.com. So, so some of the larger players have started launching these um, chatbots. Again, the, the world is still very much chatbot as the metaphor to look at Gen AI on the front end of things. So I think that's kind of where we are. There are a bunch of startups, a couple of them, um, we wrote, I think, in the last week or two, a bunch of them have gone out of business already. Um, and so um, the startups are not – the venture capitalists, I'm sure this you have heard from other tech industry people that you speak to, the consumer AI applications aren't getting a lot of venture funding yet because venture capitalists aren't sure because the tech is changing so fast which of these will break out and will there be an, a sort of outsized venture size return for these companies? So from a funding perspective, there isn't tons of funding yet for these types of startups as well. So we can go into details on this, but that's sort of my general overview. So cutting through all the noise, Rafat, it sounds as if you're not dramatically impressed yet with the impact at least of AI on travel. Not yet. So here's the promise that, and we wrote this, I wrote this early on when Ch ChatGPT sort of caught everybody's imagination in the first, I would say, late 
November, whenever it launched, and then December and January phase where everybody was uh, a, a year ago, everything was possible. Um, the travel search box, the search box that you see on Booking, Expedia, all these other sites that, that's been there forever, 20, 25 years, um, you input the uh, the dates. Let's 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 pick the flights, uh, the 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 cities, return one way, whatever, uh, the dates, um, class, etc. And you press search. So that search box has been there exactly as it is for the last twenty five years. Yeah, and nothing much has changed. You, you go to your your favorite airline and you and you make a booking. So, which seems very counterintuitive to um, to in general how technology progresses, where there's new ways of 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 accessing information, booking, etc. Uh, and it it you you can only search in very specific ways because that's what these these boxes are. And so, what I had said in 20, 2015, I wrote this. A term called the tyranny of the of the travel search box. So you're sort of trapped into that search box. There's only X number of ways you can search, and to break out of that tyranny of search box, this was the first phase of the of of Alexa and and voice messaging apps coming, and the hope was that that would take off. It didn't really take off, and sort of this is the next iteration of how I'm thinking about this, which is. Um, would travel search the interface that we're so used to for the last 20, 25 years, um, if that becomes either a hybrid uh, conversation plus uh, this directed search, that's what I would call it, these forms, because these are directed search, these are not free form, um, or purely free form, then what would travel search and booking look like? So I think from a conceptual perspective, that's what got me excited in the first place. So coming back to, to your question, why I'm not impressed so far. I think the thing we're missing is that I don't think the interface is going to come. The, the burden of changing the interface can't solely be put on the travel industry. What I mean by that is if larger search interface changes, Google changes, Bing, whatever else anybody else uses, if that changes in a, in a radical way, only then can we expect the interface changes to come to vertical things. Mm. So, um, so I, I don't think we can divorce one from the other. So I think either they will go lockstep or one will lead the other in some fashion. Maybe verticals will lead to general search um, or vice versa. And so I feel like both of, for consumer habits to change at, on a large scale, that has to happen. And so um, that hasn't happened yet. As you know, Google search still dominates. It hasn't, you know, Bing hasn't caught the world on fire. Um, and um, while people use ChatGPT, I, I, I think Google search usage is, continues to be what it is. Um, and so once, if that changes, the interface continues to, they continue to slowly morph the Google search interface. Have you seen, they start, they've started putting answers, et cetera, more and more. I don't think consumers are using, and, and Google will have this data, I don't have this, but um, the question that, uh, that Google search should answer is the, the main interface in search, are the queries, the nature of queries changing? Is it becoming more free form? If it's becoming more free form, then there's some evidence that, that people are beginning to, uh, to use 
conversational language because of AI. So, I mean, that's kind of, it's, I'm, I'm getting too, too conceptual here, but I think that's kind of how I think about this. You actually laid it out rather well, I think, Rafat. We are speaking with uh, Rafat Ali, the founder and CEO of Skift, longtime online publisher. Uh, Skift is one of the, the most influential and reliable and trustworthy platforms for travel news and information for the industry, particularly. It's a B2B platform. Uh, Rafat, you talked about this shift from traditional search to a world of AI. In the future, in the world you're, we're all, I guess, trying to get to or thinking about, will there be a, a box, an interface, or will this AI simply know us, know our calendar, and start spitting out suggestions about hotels and flights and shopping and beaches? Well, I think that's the promise, right? The promise is that, um, and uh, I talked to Brian, Brian Chesky, who's the CEO of Airbnb, founder of Airbnb, very obviously, he thinks deeply about these things, very product-driven person. Um, I've talked to him a few times over the last year on what his sense of, of how AI will change uh, the interface. And, and his thing is um, AI should know everything about you before you start your travel search. It knows your history of what you've booked before, flights you've taken, uh, seats you prefer, et cetera, et cetera. If in, in his case, Airbnb, he, you know, history of, of the types of Airbnb you've booked before, um, types of destinations you think about, occasions that, that you care for in the year. And if it knows all of that, which is feasible because all of this data is available. If you're a logged in user, if you will, in Airbnb, um, then, then the search results should be very different than what they are today. They should be a lot more personalized. If you're searching for an Airbnb in New York city in a specific, um, um, it should know that you like this neighborhood, that you like it near X. Even the word search perhaps becomes redundant. Doesn't it really be just become a conversation? Yeah. Conversation. Yeah. And I, I, I think that, um, there's still, there's still the jury is still out of whether conversation becomes the interface, but there, there are enough arguments to say that's the most natural human thing. You and I are doing a conversation right here. Like this is the most natural human impulse. And so search was this intermediary thing that existed for the last 20, 25, 30 years that over a period of time will go back to what humans were used to, which is conversations. So uh, yes, I agree with you on that part. But how, uh, and we talked about this before, uh, earlier in the conversation, how far are we away? Is it simply a concept? Is it on the horizon? Is it something real? Um, from a travel perspective, I'm going to say it's probably a, like a five-year, I would say in general in tech, having covered tech for a long time, tech and media world for a long time. We're still, um, I mean, I, I don't understand American sports. I, I understand cricket uh, being Indian. So it's a test match. And I think we're in uh, at in day one of the of the test match and the first team is playing it may end up being a draw as, as i even started i mean people use the the baseball metaphor bottom of the first inning of the teams even shown up when people throw the term five years out here uh rafat it means they really have no idea correct yeah at this point we don't have any idea but i i do think we're still very early in this 
um, I mean, the, the the example that I give is, and you remember this because you were there, um, you know, when, I don't know if you remember, Music Net and Press Play, these were the first online yeah. streaming music services back in, I'm going to say, 2002, 2003, 4, something like that. Um, they were terrible. And then Spotify came along and Apple Music and everybody else, and we're sort of in a nirvana of music, of online music um, world now. That took about 10 years, 12 Raphael, years. Uh, also, it, it, um, Raphael, in, in, with that example, we needed the iPod. Do the we need developments in hardware? Apple are launching, I think, in 2024. Their beginnings of their AI virtual reality interface. Are there going to need to be changes in how we use our devices and what these devices actually are? My personal opinion, I think from a device perspective, the phone has won out, meaning there were other devices and other things that came along and sort of fell through. Um, never count Apple out on that. I forget what they're calling their new... Um, glasses thing are um, that they're launching in the next month or so, month, two months. Um, but I feel like somehow it will still be, the phone will still be the center of how things connect. Even if you have ancillary devices, it will still connect to the phone. So that's my uh, general sense, but I could be completely wrong. I, you know, I'm, again, I'm not a futurist and from a technology perspective at all. But that's my general sense. Um, I saw this AI pin some company launched uh, or at least announced a video last year, late last year. Um, very interesting video. I don't, I've, there's some stories that it doesn't really perform. Um, but again, very early. So um, I, I think that the phone has generally won out as the device of choice that other things will connect to. We are speaking with Rafat Ali, the founder and CEO of Skift, one of the most reliable, trustworthy, and popular B2B travel online platforms. Uh, I want to thank uh, Liberties, a quarterly journal of culture and politics, for bringing us such high-quality content and guests like Rafat Ali. going to run a short video for Liberties, and then we'll be back with Rafat to talk more about AI in travel, jobs, and mega trends for the industry uh, for 2024 and onwards. So don't go away, anyone. Beyond the news, the noise, there is nuance, insight. Liberties is not just a journal of ideas. It's a meteor of intelligent substance. It's the place to be for engaged citizens. Politics, opinion, substance. Liberties is a triumph for freedom of thought. A quarterly of urgency, of cultural exploration, of intellectual delight, of immaculate prose. It's invaluable. Subscribe now or find Liberties at your favorite bookseller. And you can subscribe to Liberties at libertiesjournal.com. All our guests, including uh, Rafat Ali, uh, will get complimentary annual subscriptions to Liberties. So, Rafat, you need to give me your address after this conversation. Uh, before uh, the break, Rafat, we were talking about uh, AI and the travel industry. One of the big concerns about AI and the future, of course, is jobs. The travel industry employs a lot of people, a lot That's of low-level people, people in hotels, travel agents. Are you fearful in that sense of, uh, of, of AI uh, destroying many, many jobs in the travel industry? 
Yeah, certainly I think that that's the, one of the biggest um, existential questions uh, that the travel industry has to figure out over the next, as, as we said, maybe over the next decade. Um, and the tech industry is sort of at the, at this, at the, at the vanguard of this. Uh, travel industry, as you said, employs a lot of frontline people, whether they're people that are um, at hotels, um, cleaning, uh, cleaning the rooms, etc., um, to people at airports, to uh, to uh, drivers. So, so different parts of the travel industry employ a lot of people. Travel is also one of the world's largest generator of middle class. People come into travel, start uh, at the lowest level, and then work their way up. Uh, hospitality industry is particularly known for it uh, in a lot of countries, uh, Caribbean countries, for example. Tourism is is the largest uh, percent of their GDP, so a lot of people depend on their livelihoods. So there's a lot of challenges there. Um, unf- depending on where you sit, for- you can use the word fortunately, unfortunately, um, Robotics versus demographics. I think that's the battle that we're fighting. Big picture. I like that construct. Um, and I mean robotics in a larger sense. I don't mean physical robots. I mean tech and AI in general. Um, in a lot of cases, um, in particularly the first, for example, hotel operations, um, the initial phase will be how to make humans more efficient, whether it's scheduling of uh, the housekeepers. Uh, making sure that um, uh, the back of the house runs more smoothly, fast, more cost efficient. So humans will still be involved. Um, ver- and then over a certain period of time, some of these human functions will be taken over by uh, tech slash AI, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't know if actual physical robots will come in. There are some some experiments uh, of uh, a hotel robot, whether it's concierge or uh, cleaner for the room, etc. Um, so, so definitely, there's um, opportunity there. One of the biggest um, places where AI will is and will have the immediate effect is customer service, and this is true across all industries, but also very true in travel. Which, if you remember, in COVID, when we were first Begin, when when the world first started shutting down, there was such a logjam of people trying to cancel their flights and hotels and, and, and airlines were unable to keep up with the demand and everything fell apart and people lost so much money. Um, and even now, like years later, airlines are still going to the backlogs of those refunds. This is, this is um, still happening. So uh, a lot of it was shortage of humans. Uh, just because there's so much demand and people weren't in offices working from homes, all this other stuff. So um, the the front end part will be taken care of by AI. It's already being taken care of. Um, there's a company in travel called Navan, which is um, a corporate travel um, uh, company that manages corporate travel for 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 large companies, and they uh, they they uh, estimate that about eighty percent of the queries now. Um, low-level queries that people want to just rebook their things can now be taken care of through through AI chatbot that they have. And the 20% that are more complex is where humans will come in. So um, so that's an example of um, where a lot of the uh, inefficiencies will be taken care of in the from, from a labor perspective. So yes, the worries are there, but from a customer service perspective, hopefully this you know travel industry doesn't have a great reputation for customer service 
or it goes through ups and downs in customer service. Uh, and so, uh, so hopefully the, the, the goal is that this will, um, this will help. Just the backend scheduling, whether it's airports, air traffic controller. I mean, you may have read the stories about air traffic controllers in US and how, how much shortage there is. I don't know the intricacies of the, te- of the of the technology, but I can almost guarantee that AI will have a huge effect on solving some of these problems in the medium to long term. Will AI finally kill off travel agents? Will those be uh, historic by the time AI becomes mainstream and dominant in that five to 10 year window? So whatever I'm going to say, if uh, the travel agent industry will clip it and obviously totally misinterpret it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, The travel agents were not killed by online travel. The low-level travel agents, uh, nobody uses travel agents to book their flights anymore, as you know. Um, So that part is gone. Travel agents are still uh, big and thriving and growing in parts like the cruise industry, more complex booking. Um, the demographic is more used to speaking to uh, to humans. Luxury travel, luxury travel where what, what, what they've rebranded agents to advisors. So, so, so the industry calls themselves travel advisors, not agents. Um, they have other names for it as well. And so this is where um, you're rich, have time, uh, don't have time and have money and want somebody to plan your family vacation, honeymoon, um, 50th uh, birthday, whatever it is, um, or general travel in general. And so so travel agents come in there, specialized travel agents, whether they're uh, focused on sports travel, sports travel is a big, big sector. And um, a lot of corporate travel happens through sports, the, the, the meetings and incentives industries um, the, um, as, is part of it as well. And so... Uh, in many specialized areas in the world, travel agents still matter. Um, I think the smart travel agents will adopt AI to move faster, to do to scale themselves in ways that they can. Um, I think, again, continue to be an erosion of the lower level functions of the travel agents. Oh, like everything else in, all, in every industry, it seems right. to be the impact of the digital revolution is a, f- a massive free bottom end uh, a thriving high end and everything in between has been destroyed. The middle, right? yes, you're right. The middle, this happened in our, our world, yours and I were with media. Um, the middle got uh, eaten out, continues to get eaten out. The niche players thrive and the top end players uh, or, the, or the real scale players or the top end players thrive as well. So that's the mega trend of, of everything over the last 30 years. What about travel mega trends outside AI? You... Uh, you 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 do a number of mega trend events. I think you've got you've got one coming up in later this month. Um, what are the the other mega trends in travel outside AI? We've already talked a lot about yeah. it. Yeah, So um, we're 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 announcing our mega trends next next week. This we do every year. This is our year twelfth of doing them. These are not predictions. These are reported trends that we talk to the industry over the year and and sort of join the dots and come up with these. And so. Um, it's one next thing week uh, in New York, right? Week in New York. Uh, so if anybody wants to attend, um, go to live.skiff.com. That's where you'll see the link to it. Um, one of the things that we're obsessed with is demographics and how the world is becoming older. This is true for many countries and and um, 
Japan, China, South Korea, and in, in sort of the Asia uh, sphere, um, Italy, Spain, um, even UK. US is a little insulated for now because of the um, immigration that comes in. Um, and so in general, the world is getting older. What does that mean for um, one, the labor force in the travel industry? Um, and two, what does it mean for the types of people that will travel people if, if people are living longer? So one of the things that I'm, I'm obsessed with is demographics in general for the world. And then what does it mean for the travel industry? So that's one of the things we'll, um, we'll talk about. Um, again, that's where the robotics versus demographics um, contrast came about that we're gonna talk about in, in one of the megatrends, uh, I think in a couple of megatrends. Uh, one of the other things that um, in US, the Surgeon General last year, I think he came out with the, with the book or report, maybe it was the year before, uh, on loneliness as an epidemic in, in US, as societies become more atomized, as polarization um, increases. So, um, so travel as an antidote and what is travel's role in enhancing connections in the human world? So that's another. Uh, that's a really interesting one. I, I, I've talked to a lot of people about the idea of, of traveling to meet people uh, on your um, uh, on your uh, X page. Uh, you have um, uh, a note, uh, your image. If you were born in one place, grew up in another, but now live somewhere completely different. Where are you from? Is that the. The central question perhaps for uh, yeah, that's industry. yeah that's me that's my per so this is by the way an hsbc ad from london uh too and i was i'm technically british i was born in uk my family is from india i grew up between um india and now us and and uk so this that that's that ad spoke to me and and there are a lot of us as you know uh in this in this globalized world so yeah i think in many ways um you know, my favorite part of my own travels is the solo travel part. Uh, yes, I have, you know, a wife and, and two kids and I love traveling with them, but that's a different type of travel um, uh, versus the solo travel. So, yeah, I think that's, uh, we can go into more of that. But it, uh, some of the other trends that we're looking at, for instance, in the airline world, the biggest challenge in the airline world is there's not enough planes. There's a shortage of planes. And so even though, big airlines, whether it's um, United has ordered 600 planes and, and Air India and India has ordered 500 and Indigo has ordered 600 planes. Like, so everybody's ordering these big orders, uh, but there's just not enough planes and there's a shortage of labor and, and material, etc. So that is defining a lot of where, of how the airline industry evolves over the next uh, decade. And so, um, some of some of the megatrends we'll talk about that. That's that's that's. Uh, Rafael, I wonder whether, and, and this is a sort of a consequential megatrend for travel. Is these days everyone seems to complain about everything, and the travel industry in particular, uh, especially airlines. Everyone seems to complain about them. I travel on United Airlines all the time, and uh, I, I actually rather like them. I think they do a reasonable job given the realities of the business. Do you think that in, in terms of megatrends, one shift might be that consumers have to grow up and stop complaining? Well, I mean, as you know very well, Twitter, now X and, and Facebook and whatever, all the other platforms made it very easy for us to complain. Uh, it's a bit of a cliche. And if you now complain about your flight on Twitter, um, uh, I, I do think the airlines have gotten better 
I think airlines have oversold what they are. They're not, they're, they're a utility. And um, beyond a certain money, if we expect hospitality from airlines, we're expecting the wrong things from airlines. I think what you said, they do a reasonably good job of taking you from A to B. United has improved a lot under the new CEO and, and um, did a bunch of changes before that as well. Um, that's expectation in general. If you're paying for business class or first class, et cetera, um, a, a somewhat different level of, of expectation. But even then, I think it should be looked as utility. So you're right. Uh, at some point, the industry and the consumers have to reset the the expectations. That's my general sense. And of course, these industries reflect the reality of the world, just as we've seen the destruction of the middle um, in the media business and in the digital revolution. The same is travel. You have yeah. these planes dominated by incredibly expensive first-class seats and everyone else squeezed at the back. But isn't that a reflection of the world we live in rather than of travel or airline? Correct. I mean, yeah, airlines is a microcosm. Everything, so many, so many issues in the world interest can can be mirrored in the airline industry, and and somehow there's an aviation angle to pretty much everything in the world. So yes. Finally, yeah, Rafa, there's so much to talk about. What about hotel loyalty? Uh, I'm a, a loyal, perhaps too loyal Marriott member, like United. Mm -hmm. uh, I, everywhere I go, I stay at Marriott hotels. I used to be a Starwoods person. Got included in the Marriott family after they acquired Starwood. You've written in Skift about hotel loyalty races. In terms of mega trends, are these loyalty programs the past or the future? And how might AI impact on them? Yeah. Um, we, so we, we have, we've, we've tried to decipher a few iterations of this over the last few years. And, um, uh, one of the forces that have emerged in travel from a loyalty perspective beyond the brands themselves are credit cards or banks. And so, uh, you know, Amex has, uh, you know, if you use platinum card, you'll get the points. Uh, Chase is, is very much focused on uh, using travel as a loyalty perk for their members to stay and obviously spend more on it. Um, Capital One, these are, uh, these are U.S. banks. Um, so that's a very interesting um uh, big group financial group muscling into the uh the the loyalty space whether it's airlines as well as hotels as well so uh, so that's one of the trends we're covering in fact one of the megatrends will be around that as well so um does it benefit consumers should should we be loyal to them or should we shop around so uh here's my personal philosophy on it i don't know if that 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 applies to everybody I'm not loyal to a specific brand like you are to, as you said, United and Marriott. I'm loyal to a card, and um, and um, and I accumulate enough points to then be able to afford using um, a, a big trip to India. We do uh, to see family with uh, with with my kids, and we pay up for, for instance, for business class. The only way we can afford it personally is. I'm able to use a lot of points that I've saved um, and, and pick whatever flight uh, I can do. So that way, uh, so I'm more loyal, I'm more focused on accumulating points. The loyalty aspect, which, you know, at times points and loyalty are sort of um, 
contradict each other. Loyalty is the idea that you uh, are loyal to a brand and use it again and again. Um, uh, and points is a more transactional way of looking at it. So I think some of the brands are trying to move away from that transactional point-based thing to if you are a Hilton member or Bonvoy member, beyond being able to stay at Marriott Hotel, you get um, access to these exclusive experiences, whether it's um, a behind-the-scenes tour at the Met that's only available for uh, for Bonvoy members, for example. I'm giving you a random example. I don't know if it's true or not. Uh, but those are the types of exclusive experiences that um, that generate more loyalty to the brand. The idea that you are able to use these points and are loyal to the brand outside of just staying at the hotel, for instance. Uh, so there's more frequency of usage for the brand. And so I think that's where a lot of loyalty is moving towards in the hotel space, particularly less in the airline space, more in the hotel space. Yeah, it's interesting that um, you, you, you sold your company many years ago, one of the, the, the first generation of online content companies now as all media uh, media creators, journalists become brands themselves. They need to develop the idea of, of loyalty on, on platforms like Substack. So in a sense, hotels and media, they're all in the same business. They're all in the loyalty business. It's fascinating you say that because I've know, I know so many people who move. I've known somebody who moved from the media world into the hotel world and are able to use many of the skills um, and transfer over more in the marketing strategy sphere as a and branding sphere as opposed to operations sphere because obviously very different. But uh, but there, I I constantly see the cross connections having been in both industries. Finally, uh, Rafat, uh, you talked about travel helping make us less lonely, uh, making us feel more connected, more social, less solitary. If there was one area where AI can transform the travel industry, what would it be for you? I mean, we, we know that it's still somewhat of an abstraction. We're still talking about the five or the 10 year window, which means we really have no idea how it's going to change anything. Um, yeah. But, but if, 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 if you were to choose, what area would AI, would you like AI to transform the travel experience? So, um, so do you want it to be totally out there? whatever you want so teleportation transport me uh, it will there ever be a reality I, I i guess i've not done enough research on it maybe tim o'reilly your previous guest would have a, a better sense of whether it's even theoretically possible at all at some point in in history or in the future uh, which is teleport me and as i said you know my family's in india um uh, so it's a long flight from um New York, so we're only able to go once or twice a year. Bringing it back a little more to reality, um, the, if the supersonic travel does become, the, the next phase of supersonic travel is coming, um, tech and AI will 100% play a, a big role in it if it comes back again. Um, and so personally, short, shorter, shorter journey times, uh, or more efficient journey times is probably where I would um, personally want most of the changes to happen. Because everything else I can manage, like booking. I actually like the booking process. I, I, I drag, if I'm doing personal travel, I drag out 
the phase of searching and going to different sites, but that's just me. I know a lot of people don't like it, but a lot of people do like the planning process. And so I like stretching that out. So I know AI will make it shorter. I feel like um, I love that part. 